want to talk about it. So we're going to be talking about the People's Food Co-op and some commemorative events for its 35th anniversary coming up in just a few minutes. But first, let's uh, hear some kinks with the Village Green Preservation Society about things that are worth preserving. Note references to Donald Duck, strawberry jam, draft beer, custard pies, and uh, china cups. Yeah, here we go. That's the Kinks and the Village Green Preservation Society talking about preserving things that work and keeping them growing and keeping them new and fresh at the same time. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and I have a guest in the studio. Hello, Cynthia. Hi, Mike. Cynthia Edwards. You are from the People's Food Co-op, right? That's right. And what do you do there? I'm the Education and Outreach and Marketing Director. Okay. Yeah. And there's a lot going on right now at the uh, co-op. Yeah, this is the co-op's 35th anniversary. Um, It was officially incorporated in August of 1971, so we're celebrating 
35 years of surviving in a very tough industry, the food industry. <laughs> true. Right? That's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, now, where is the People's Food Co-op? Just for people who don't it's, know. Um, yeah. It's a uh, current incarnation. It's been in many different places, but currently we're located at 216 North 4th and Catherine. Okay. Yep. And uh, what are some of the things you've had to do? How long have you been there, first of all? I've been there mm, um, about a year and a quarter, year and a half okay. myself. But I was actually a member in 1973 oh, okay. when I was a student here. The original, um, one of the original locations of the co-op was on an old house on Packard that many original co-op members who are still members were part of having the co-op at that spot. Oh, okay. Yeah. And... Um, Tell us something about what's going on uh, in the next uh, week. Yeah. Um, we'll be, this whole year is our 35th anniversary, and there's a series of events. But right now, we've got some really exciting things happening. Um, on Tuesday night at the Michigan Theater is our kind of gala 35th anniversary event. And part of that will be featuring the speaker, uh, the speaker Francis Moore LePay and her daughter Anna LePay. And... While some people may know her name, many people recognize the name of her first book, Diet for a Small Planet. Uh-huh. That that book, um, which also came out in August of 1971, the same time the co-op was officially founded, oh, okay. um, did a huge amount towards waking people up to the causes of hunger and the fact that there was actually not a scarcity of food in the world. That's not what hunger was about. Mm. It also raised a lot of awareness around... Uh, vegetarian eating or a, a more plant-based diet um, that really, I would say, launched the vegetarian movement and awareness that now exists um, in, in this country and worldwide. Now, do you remember first reading the book or anything like that or what your thoughts I were? I do. I do. I, I remember discovering it. I probably discovered it in, I would say, 1973 when I first joined the co-op. And it was... It was astounding. I mean, it changed the way I thought about food and what I wanted to eat. When I found out how much grain it took to feed a cow to then, you know, feed me the hamburger and how much food would have been available for other people to eat, it was it was very, very startling. I didn't become a vegetarian until maybe four or five years later, but it started that awareness and that thinking that led me there. Okay, so again, yeah. that's Frances Moore LaPay's book, Diet for a Small Planet, mm-hmm. and she's written quite a few other books, right? Fourteen more books okay. since then. Um, she's she's a prolific writer, and she's founded several institutes, one that's particularly known in San Francisco, the Institute for Food Policy, also known as Food First, and that's been a very highly regarded organization. Um, she just recently founded, in the past couple years, um, the Small Planet Institute in Cambridge with her daughter, Anna. Um, and her most recent book is called Democracy's Edge, looking at how we can reclaim and take back our democracy, which is pretty quickly being taken away from us. Mm. Yeah. But is, do you know what some of the th- what are the some of the points she makes about that? Or am um, I putting you on the spot here too? Yeah, uh, you are, but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I haven't read the book yet. We actually just got them today. Okay. We're, we're going to be having them for sale, and, and she's going to be doing book signings. But um, let's see. 
it's I'll, I'll just read a couple of things off of off of the information about the book. Okay. Um, it says it's worse than you think. It's better than you think. From Jefferson to Eisenhower, we've been warned of the danger of letting a closed, narrow group of business and government officials concentrate power over our lives. Yet here we are. But this crisis is only a symptom of quote thin democracy. Something done to us or for us, not by us or with us. The solution is all around us. And what she goes on to talk about in the book is what those solutions are and how we as individuals in our daily lives and communities can can be a part of, you know, creating a real democracy. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's a pretty exciting, exciting book. She'll be talking some about that, some about food issues um, in her in her talk on the 4th. And now, am I... She has an Ann Arbor connection, yes? She does. Actually, her first public speech was at the University of Michigan in 1972. Oh, okay. So she's kind of coming full circle in a way. Right. Um, it's, so it's a really kind of ironic sort of a, of, of a situation. Yeah. yeah. So the People's Food Co-op, just, I guess, I'm just thinking, if somebody doesn't know exactly what it is, it sells food, of course. It's a grocery. It's a grocery store. It also um, has a cafe and food bar. Um, the cafe is a fair fair trade cafe, which means we only sell coffees and teas that are fairly traded. That means that the people where who grow those products are given a good wage and treated fairly as opposed to the way most farmers around the world are treated. Right. Um, we have a hot bar. We have a salad bar. Seven days a week it's open. Um, everything is made in-house. Um, really high quality food. Um, you know, whether you want to come in and grab something to take out and heat up at home or whether you want to eat there in the cafe, it's, it's a really wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Um, we have students discounts at the store and cafe on uh, Sundays, 7%. Um, and a seniors discount on Wednesdays and they get a 10% discount. Okay. Well, I'm talking to Cynthia Edwards of the People's Food Co-op. And there's a lot going on for the 35th anniversary. Um, let's see. Could you tell us? Uh, okay, so you're saying that the events are starting up on next Tuesday? Which well, actually, actually, I got ahead of myself. Um, oh. The first event is Sunday evening at the cafe. There's a reception and a welcoming for Frances Morlope, who's getting here Sunday. Okay. Um, and she'll be doing book signing and just kind of hanging out and talking. She loves to talk to people. So she'll be there and very available for people to meet her, ask her questions, talk to her, um, as well as sign books. And there'll be some snacks and drinks there available. On Monday night at Shaman Drum at 6, her daughter Anna and um, co-author Bryant Terry, who is a chef and food activist, will be doing um, the national book release of their new book, Grub, Creating an Urban Organic Kitchen. Mm. So, yeah, this this is, sounds pretty exciting. I haven't seen that one yet either. Mm. We haven't even gotten the books in, but this is the first place in the country where you can buy the book. Grub? Yeah, book? yeah, because oh, wow. okay. the official official release is in New York City on the sixth. But because Anna was going to be here, they decided to go ahead and do this. So that's that's a pretty neat thing yeah. for Ann Arbor. I think yeah. so. Well, let's uh, hear some food music real quick. And uh, this is a little bit of actually, this isn't really food music. It's, it's music about things that are growing. Stevie Wonder, probably one of the most underrated Stevie Wonder songs. This is outside my window, and it's spring, and things are growing, and lots of great food is available. And let's hear a little bit of this. Da, 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 
That's Stevie Wonder, and outside my window, it's spring, and the rain is coming, and there will be lots of food to grow. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food, and I'm here with Cynthia Edwards from the People's Food Co-op. Hello. Hello. And one thing I'd like to hear about is exactly what is a co-op and why do you like them? Okay. Well, co-op comes from the root word cooperative, and um, cooperatives can be of many sorts. Ours happens to sell food. Um, and, and grocery type products. But there are producer cooperatives. For example, in, uh, Mexico, in Chiapas, Mexico, there are farmer co-ops that grow coffee. There's a student group here at the university, um, through the environmental justice group called Brewing Hope. Brewing Hope. You know okay. about them. Yeah. yeah. And they have a relationship with farmers in Chiapas to bring their fairly traded coffee here to Ann Arbor and, and here to this country and sell it. We, we sell it at the co-op. Um, so that's a different type of a co-op. But those farmers work together, share their resources, and have bargaining power because they're together, they're working together, and they're united. They can get a better price for their coffee than an okay. individual. Um, there are, are worker-owned cooperatives. I mean, that That farmer co-op is kind of a worker-owned cooperative, but um, there are food cooperatives that are worker-owned, and there are food co-ops like um, PFC that are member-owned. And in our situation, a person becomes a member, joins the co-op, becomes a member, um, pays a a joining uh, fee, if you will, and becomes an owner. So if you're a member of the co-op, you own the co-op, and it's pretty rare in this day and age, to be able to own anything in terms of a business, unless you've got a lot of money. But in this situation, you you get to vote for the board of directors, which we have. You can volunteer at the co-op. Um, you get special member discounts. There's a lot of good um, reasons why you would want to be a member. Plus, it's it's pretty cool to own your own business. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not to mention the rarity, but also just to be able to walk in the door and say, I'd like to pay this money, and can I be a member? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's just Right like there that. on yeah. the spot. Yeah. Yep. It's really easy. You can buy some rutabagas and become a member at the same time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Or, you know, we, we've got a real variety of food. Some people think, oh, that's just, you know, vegetables and, and beans or something like that. But, uh, no, modern, modern co-ops have just about everything you can find in a grocery store. The only thing that's different is that in most co-ops, which have a natural foods orientation, which ours does, that um, the food's a lot healthier mm-hmm. than you'll get for you, than you'll get in the grocery store. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you want to talk about some of the things that came together to create the co-op? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, the original idea for the co-op started in way before 1971, but in 1968, um, a professor at the School of Social Work had two graduate students. His his name is Al, uh, Professor Al Connor, and he's still a co-op member today. Two of his graduate students had an idea to um, for a way to get um, healthy food for low-income people, to get access to fresh, healthy food. And they started going into Detroit to the Eastern Market and buying produce and bringing it back to Ann Arbor. They divvy it up in bags. And for $5, you got a whopping big bag or box of food that would take you all week to eat. Hmm. And the idea caught on really quickly. Um, 
and then faculty and students started joining because they realized this was a really good deal. <laughs> and it was around the same time that a lot of awareness was growing around um, issues of food and uh, use of chemicals. Um, the EPA formed a few years later. And that, again, growing awareness of what's happening to our food, what's happening to our environment was starting to really come together around that time. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of an initial thing. And then over the the three years before it actually officially um, became incorporated, I think it went through a couple of different permutations. But by um, February of 71, they'd actually opened a storefront on South State, 215 South State, selling peanuts, peanut butter, honey, sunflower seeds, brown rice, and soybeans. They had six products. Oh, wow. That was That's it. That's the, the origin of the People's Food Club. That's right. Wow. And... Uh, they were selling a whopping thirty dollars a week of, pro- of products. Wow, okay. <laughs> but by um, by that summer, they'd they'd already had to move to um, a larger location, eight hundred two South State, and they added oils and cheese and grains and that sort of thing. Um, and then by by April or by August of seventy one, they filed the incorporation papers and became an official business entity in the state of Michigan. And in October of 72, which was a little more than a year later, they moved into an old house, 722 Packard, which doesn't exist anymore. That's been torn down. And it, it remained there for for 13 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, at the same time, there were a lot of other co-ops that came into existence um, in, in Ann Arbor. Um, there was the Wildflower Baking Collective, which was a, um, a bakery on 4th Avenue, um, there was the Urban Spice Co-op, which was on Ann Street, right around the corner. There was the Ann Arbor Tofu Collective. Um, that was all within, between 1975 and 1978, these all came together. It was a really hot time for co-ops. And and PFC opened a second location at 212 North 4th, just two doors down from where we are right now. Oh, okay. Um, and because there was such a huge demand for natural fruit, food products and so little supply of it, PFC actually became a wholesaler to other co-ops around the state, and that became the Michigan Federation of Food Co-ops that had its own mill called the Daily Grind, which was here in Ann Arbor, okay. its own warehouse, People's People's Warehouse, W-H-E-R-E, <laughs> house, um, which sold the Michigan organic grain, beans, and flowers to co-ops nationwide. So it shipped all across the country. Wow! All and from here. that's a that's a history that very few people know about the, about co-ops in Ann Arbor. You know, eventually, um, all the smaller co-ops um, kind of joined together in t- under one roof and became People's Food Co-op. Um, and the the um, the Wildflower Baking Collective ended, but um, there are people who are still members today of the co-op, like. Professor O'Connor, who have been there for 35 years or more. Oh, okay. So it's pretty amazing, yeah. Well, so the People's Food Co-op is celebrating those 35 years. And let's talk uh, just a moment again. Um, Francis Moore LePay and Anna LePay are coming to talk about the work they've done. And we've talked a bit about Frances Moore LePay and her daughter, Anna LePay. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about her? her yeah, work? Anna's in her late 20s. And um, when she was asked how she learned about organic eating, she said, as a test subject for my mother's recipe revisions in her <laughs> <laughs> diet for small planet. Um, and it didn't seem to have damaged her too much. But um, she said, I was exposed to organic eating before I could stay, say stir fried tofu. And at risk of embarrassing myself, my nickname growing up was actually Crunchy Granola. 
<laughs> but um, she she in her own right is a nationally recognized author, public speaker, and co-founder of the Small Planet Fund and the Small Planet Institute. And she co-wrote the book Hope's Edge, the next diet for a small planet, with her mother in um, in 2000. Um, so she, and she's been traveling around the world, you know, looking at the issues that they speak about in Hope's Edge. Again, having to do with the availability of food, how people are dealing with um, providing better food and farming and growing sustainably in a variety of countries. Um, and that kind of led into her second book, The Grub, Ideas for an Urban Organic Kitchen. Um, and her, co, her co-author, Bryant Terry, um, does a lot of work with urban young people, especially in inner cities, having to do with food. You know, having maybe real food or real cooked food for the first time as opposed to junk food. Um, he's a, an amazing educator. Um, but Anna has really followed in her mother's footsteps in, in a lot of ways and is really carrying on the, you know, the message and really um, provoking uh, young people to look at these issues in a, in a whole new way. And both Francis Moore LePay and Anna LePay will be in town to celebrate the People's Food Co-op's 35th anniversary, and I realize I should probably spell LaPay for people, L-A-P-P-E, E with an accent, L-A-P-P-E. So, Francis Moore LaPay and Anna LaPay, and you can read all about what the People's Food Co-op is doing on their website. Mm-hmm. It's um, peoplesfoodcoop.org. Okay, peoplesfoodcoop.org. Arwolf is here. He is uh, getting ready to help us face the music in five minutes, but hi, Arwolf. Hi, I just had a question. Um, you said that the uh, the house where the Packard Co-op used to be was torn down. I think. It, well, I think it was, no. it was 722 Packard. No, that's still Did there. It, it? it, oh, it okay. became um, K. Urist Pottery. She has since moved to the north side. Okay, right. And now it's residential, but oh, that okay. house is still there. And I remember going in um, uh, and weighing uh, weighing out and bagging up prunes when I was a teenager <laughs> yeah, yeah. in there <laughs> and mission figs. Uh, yeah, mm. it's a it's a beautiful tradition, and um, I particularly love the Ips, the Ipsy Food Co-op. It reminds me a lot of the food co-ops we used to have in this town, and I'd in some ways like to see us return a little more to that kind of austerity. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> so actually, yes, there are a lot of there are other co-ops. In fact, the Annenberg People's Food Co-op and the Ipsy Food Co-op on River Street near Depot Town. and uh, peoplesfoodcoop.org is where you can find out all about this event. I, I, I like your mentioning our wolf of weighing prunes. I, I guess the FDA now allows them to be called uh, dried plums. Dried plums. Dried plums, because that's nicer, I suppose. But they did not allow prune juice to be called dried plum juice. <laughs> they didn't actually allow That's true. Um, but on a, that's a side note, and although we're all about side notes here, nonetheless, we'd like to uh, talk about the People's Food Co-op and look on the web about that. So, uh, Francis Moore LePay, the author... Mm-hmm will be in Ann Arbor this Sunday, correct? Um, Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday the 4th, 7.30 at the Michigan Theater. And you can also call my number at the co-op, 994-4589, for more information about the, about the event. Okay. Francis Moore LePay, who wrote Diet for a Small Planet, and 14 other books, I believe, yes? Yep. Yep. And uh, Anna LePay, who has written the book called Grub, Ideas for an Urban Organic Kitchen, will be here as well. And, again, go to the website, peoplesfoodcoop.org. And the phone number, just one more time. 994-4589. Okay. 
And thank you, Cynthia Edwards. No, thanks of the for having me. Co-op. Anything else you'd like to add, just off the top of your head, or uh? um, come by and visit the co-op. If you if you if it, if it sounds a little scary, a little daunting, come on by. People are really friendly. There's great coffee, great desserts, great food. Seven days a week, we're open from, gosh, seven in the morning until ten o'clock at night. So just come on by. Okay. Well, thank you, Cynthia. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. I've been Mike for at least a half an hour, and People's Food Co-op celebrating their 35th anniversary. And just a quick mention, this is interesting. I saw this on the Associated Press. Toms of Maine, which is a natural toothpaste company, is being purchased by Colgate Palmolive, which I didn't know. And uh, you're soaking in it, Madge. Is that what they used to say in the Palmolive commercials? Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. ooh. (laughs) Yeah, I I forgot that's the exact phrase. But, uh, yeah, Toms of Maine... uh, the Colgate chairman and CEO says Tom Chappell will continue to lead the business based in Kennebunk, Maine. But there's a lot of transition out there. Just that's all I can really I, say. Actually, that's uh, that's a common thing that's happening. That um, the corp- corporate world has really uh, figured out that organics and natural products are the fastest growing sector of the food and uh, whatever industry, and are really snapping up those small companies. And one of the things that we at the co-op do is really try to buy locally and support the local farmers and local economy and and really seek out the small producers and small companies as much as possible um, because, again, that's uh, it's a lot safer for our democracy than um, mm-hmm. having things owned by large multinational corporations. Yes. And I'm noticing that Colgate says the U.S. market for, quote, natural, oral, and personal care products is growing at 15% a year, now valued at $3 billion. Yep. They so, know where the money is. Yes, they do. <laughs> Now with places like the People's Food Co-op, it's in your hands. And unless somebody personally taps you on the shoulder and offers to buy you or something like that, that's, you know, a corporation wants to merge with you personally, uh, you can avoid that by going to the People's Food Co-op and becoming a member or the Ypsilanti Food Co-op or just becoming a member. Oh, and by the way, anybody can shop there. You don't have to be a member to shop at the co-op. That's correct. But there are a lot of benefits to joining. Yes, indeed. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Arbolf is going to help us to face the music in just a moment here. And I'm going to play a little bit of Paul McCartney here. This is Monkberry Moon Delight, which I'm not sure is available too often around town or if it exists, but we're going to hear just a snippet of that leading into Face the Music with Arbolf. And thank you for tuning in. <laughs> 